This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great guest. She is a writer, a comedian, a parent, a storyteller, a teacher, other nouns, Megan Sewell. <laughs> Thank you, Joseph. Wow, you made me feel really good about myself. Oh, good, good. <laughs> uh, I, I do. It's turned into sort of this uh, weird uh, mini obsession on Obsessed where I get obsessed with figuring out like, what are the nouns that I know are true of the person because of my interactions with them? Yeah. And then... Uh, what are the ones that, that people think about themselves? Well, you are modeling the pattern for your podcast. You have to be obsessed. <laughs> but I'm very honored to be here. So thank you for the invite. And uh, I'm excited to talk about my obsession. Excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we will uh, we'll dive into it then. So you were one of the people that I have asked that responded pretty quickly with a, this is, this is the thing I would like to talk about. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people are like, I don't know what I want to talk about. And then oh. I'm always like... Ask your best friend or romantic partner. They will tell you what you're obsessed with. Yeah. Uh, But you knew. Oh, I know. It's been a long time. That's why. And it just is one of the few things that never faded. Pez was also something I loved. (laughs) But at a certain age, you're like, "Mm, should I have 350 Pez? Right. And do I need to eat candy out of my favorite (laughs) superhero's neck? Exactly. It's barbaric. (laughs) So I gave that one, pretty much gave that one up. Okay. Fair Mm -hmm. enough. So your obsession is Raiders of the Lost Ark. This is really fun for me because I did an episode about it many years ago, but I'm really happy to start reading visiting things oh. that people are really interested in because yes. the podcast grows and changes and uh, and when it's something that a lot of people like mm-hmm. it is a totally different uh episode to talk to people yeah, about it because they approach it entirely differently and experience it entirely differently well i applaud that person for their taste but yes <laughs> okay so l- let's dive into it then mm-hmm. when did you first see the movie what are your your beginning memories of it So I think I was 13. I had just moved from D.C. to Atlanta. And moving in seventh grade is, mm, that's a tough year. Yeah. Um, I went to a school where everyone had known each other since kinder. And I was an awkward child. (laughs) And I was very young for my age. And I had some, you know, daddy issues. My I didn't get to see my dad very much at that point. Okay. Because of a like far away divorcey thing. And so Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones was kind of like um, right at the perfect age for me because he was sort of like a dad and sort of like a boyfriend. And I kind of wanted both. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is some very good insight in yourself. Some very honest and very good insight. Thank you. Uh, So you were moving to Atlanta. Yes. I had just moved to Atlanta from Washington, D.C. where I had always been since birth um and it you know it was a tricky adjustment and that movie my getting obsessed with it really filled all my lonely time okay because i got obsessed (laughs) so um i was cutting out you know how they would advertise what's playing in the movie theaters because everyone used a newspaper i would (laughs) literally cut out here's regal cinema with raiders playing here's general cinema and i would just have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these little (laughs) advertisements for movie theaters that played raiders and i would do it every day cut it out of the paper every day i mean i got yeah so it was just that desire to be uh, attached to something you love right yeah and this wasn't internet time right you know i couldn't find other fans i was kind of on my own so 
That was what I was reduced to for a good amount of time. <laughs> Regal Cinemas is yes. my fellow fan. Of yes. Raiders and I remember there was a movie called Tattoo that was playing at the same time. And it was hilarious because they all were misspelling Tattoo. <laughs> so that was another kind of, you know, I was a nerd. So I'm like, Ugh, they're not spelling it right. So I got a double whammy. <laughs> you got to spend time with something you love and in your mind pedantically correct something. <laughs> yes. It made me feel so superior. Uh, I, I am just curious since, you, since you're approaching it so much from where you were in life. Mm. What was the reason for the move to Atlanta? I think my mom wanted to go where uh, she was from. She was born okay. and raised in Atlanta. So um, that's where we went. I loved Atlanta. Um, but it was mostly just seventh grade. It's like the worst grade. And as a teacher, I know that for a fact. Yeah. So that was right when I did. That was probably the most difficult year you could have moved. Okay. So you, you were in a vulnerable social position. You had this <laughs> yeah. specific relationship with Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. But what else about the movie? Why, out of all the other movies you saw, was it just that Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones figure or what else did you attach to in the movie itself? Well, to get me to go initially, my brothers who still lived in D.C. and who were my heroes were like, you got to see this movie, Megan. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, so it was also a chance to be connected to them. Okay. And my mother used to talk about the 40s and 30s, I guess, serials, the adventure oh, serials. Yeah. So you'd go to the movie. It would end on an impossible cliffhanger, like he's dead. And then you'd have to come back. How clever was that? You'd have to come back the next movie and watch whatever was playing and see what happened. And yeah. she would talk about it all the time. And so she was excited because this was supposed to sort of emulate those serials. Yeah. And I remember she always said, they would never lose their hats. No matter what happened, they could, you know, jump off a building in a windstorm. And so I loved that Indy never lost his hat either. Yeah. Except for one scene. But we're not going to go into that nerd totally out yet. <laughs> so did you, uh, you cut out newspaper clippings. Did you play Indiana Jones in any other way? Or at, at your age, were you beyond the age of playing? Kind of, but, you know, because I didn't have friends who would be down with that. But I would fantasize all kinds of my own episodes and serials of it. Um, I also, what we did have back then was um, eventually, like many years later, we had some collectible fairs start to happen. Yeah. They weren't really like there today. And I would wander around, and I was so bummed because there'd be Pez and Star Wars <laughs> and Battlescar, whatever, but... There would just be this tiny little, maybe a couple of pieces of Raiders in the whole um, venue. Yeah. Um, but it was enough for me to get excited. Yeah. So I was involved in that way. But you couldn't really talk to people back then about it. So, it, yeah, I mean, it's not the nerd culture at all. Did you ever try to engage with any uh, friends or acquaintances? I would always talk about it, but people would be like, meh. <laughs> they, uh, they didn't quite see the value that I saw in it. And Fair the enough. adventure, I'm like, come on, the truck scene, are you kidding me? And they'd be like, yeah, it's pretty good. But I, I didn't find anyone really avid about it. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you relate to Marion? Yes, I loved her because she was a badass. Yeah. And... Um, you don't really see that most of the time, especially in the 40s ones. Um, she could handle her own. She didn't need him anymore, but she yeah. still loved I, I really enjoyed her. And I was disappointed when the second movie came out 
and he was already on another lady. Yeah. And she was uh, annoying. <laughs> I know she's now married to Steven Spielberg. I'm sure she's a lovely woman, but just that whiny, very feminine. And I thought, this does not track. Yes. And it was one year later. Are you kidding me? They didn't last one year? Marion, I think it was one year later. So it's a, this always. Or is that a prequel? It's I a think prequel. It oh, it was. So it was one year apart, maybe. Yeah. And the time frame. Yeah. You're so right. It was a prequel. Did you, when you were a kid, did you process that it was a prequel? Because that's the thing that they often, the, the general franchise gets criticized for of like, why is it a prequel? And Lucas has said it's because I, we, I, we didn't want to deal with Marion, which obviously doesn't uh, help anybody feel that's better. That's too bad because <laughs> I thought she was one of the coolest yeah. things about it. Um, you didn't see a lot of female heroes like that yeah. but um no the prequel never bothered me because i think it's supposed to be technically raiders is like chapter 24 or something okay. in his whole chronology i just wanted to see him you know to me he's like a buddy you know you get to yeah. know your friend you don't see him for a few years <laughs> maybe he's gained some weight he's balding maybe he's a little more boring he only talks about his kids whatever it is um but i still love him right so i'm a lot less critical People are real harsh on right. it. Like the fourth one, God bless them. Like they hated it. <laughs> you would never survive a nuclear bus in a refrigerator. And I'm like, yeah, but it's based on those 40s cereals. Adventure like, cereals. Yes, you're speaking you know, my language. I'm tracks. so happy. Yeah. Um, and I love him. So I accept good and bad and ugly. Yeah. yeah. I think that is a, a good choice. So when did a VCR come into your life because oh I would God. imagine that is a part of your obsessive love of this movie. I do remember getting the VHS. It was very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> was it $80? <laughs> uh, you know, I can't remember the price back then. I, you know, I'm not sure. Okay. I want to say they were around 20, 30. Okay. But you can't quote me on that. Um, it was very exciting because I wore that sucker out because <laughs> my goal was to know every word and time it perfectly and know the shots and the movements. You know, when he's um, trading that, um, the, the very opening sequence, the, the, idol the fertility for the, yeah. idol for the bag of sand, and he like moves his hands in a certain way. And I'm like, I get it. I mean, I was. So you were a memorizing poor, finger movements. Lonely child. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's good that I didn't have anyone to talk to because. <clears throat> That would have just <laughs> sent them away. Um, <laughs> well, would have ate into your indie time, right? That's right. Yeah. And uh, and I became very annoying if you watched the movie with me because at that age, I would not shut up and I would say every word if we were watching it. Okay. How annoying is that? <laughs> so uh, obviously, as you grew older, you uh, met other people. I, mm -hmm. I know many of your, I'm lucky to know many of your friends mm -hmm. uh, who are cool people, nerdy mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. Was there a point in life where you suddenly had that you're at a party, you're maybe talking about movies you liked back in the day and Indiana Jones in the Raiders of the Lost Ark come up? Oh, yeah, because I, uh, of the collectible things I did have, I had movie posters of every film, anniversary years. It was, <laughs> there was no, and I had a big old collection over okay. time. Action figures, lunchboxes, board games, you know. Anything. Um, anything. And I'm a little sad I gave most of those away, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, so everybody knew. Megan likes Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> and, um, and a lot of people would talk to me about it in a very general way. They'd yeah. seen it once. They thought it was cool. Uh, but nobody really had that solid understanding of it. Yeah. Most people would be Star Wars fan, which I also love, but I am like, you are something different. Your understanding <laughs> of Star Wars is beyond. Obsession, yeah. 
But Han Solo, of course, also Harrison Ford, and the same kind of vibe for me. Absolutely. Like, love him. So I would usually have to revert to let's talk about Han Solo because you can have a conversation about that. <laughs> <laughs> so fine. I'll talk about space Indiana Jones. Yeah. I'm still talking about Indiana Jones. Yeah, I got respect, but I just didn't have a lot of conversations that went yeah. beyond I liked it <laughs> <laughs> okay so did you uh, ever get to a point where moving even even closer to the future where the Raiders Lost Ark I think is one of the most beloved movies mm. I feel like it's at this point if you're around anybody who likes movies it's a pretty easy movie to engage on yes um did you have you had a chance to enjoy that level of engagement do you want to enjoy that or do you still want it, or do you want it to be kind of your thing that you processed the way you did? No, I would love to engage more. Um, like I, I told you earlier, I haven't been a good fangirl. Now that there is the availability, yeah. I forget because I grew up not having it. So I sometimes forget I could find people and get more information. But I, I don't always think about that. And then I got married and had a kid. And... <laughs> Time just goes by, yeah. but I would love it. Uh, I did go to like the Hollywood Bowl when they played Raiders and the and the orchestra plays oh, the yeah. soundtrack, like all of that. I'm so down with that. So I do love it. I do want to get in the community. And actually, your asking me about what I was obsessed with made me sort of reawaken that desire. Yeah. So thank you, Joseph Scrimshaw. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So you mentioned your child. You yes. have obviously watched the movie with your child? At as young an age as I thought he could handle a face melting. <laughs> what is, uh, I don't have children, so I will yes. listen to your expertise. What is the proper age for face melting? Oh, I did it too young, I'm sure. <laughs> Parents will judge me, but I want to say he was like six or seven. But I couldn't wait. Yeah. I was like, you got to watch this movie. Um, and he loved it. The melting disturbed him. Um, but, you know, my parents took me to Serpico and Papillon when I was like six. Really? Oh, I think they just couldn't get a babysitter and they were like, we're done. You're coming. And, I, I, you know, I was scarred by a few images that will never leave me. But, you know, it's fine. So I'm like, he can handle it. Yeah. And he loves it to this day. He does enjoy it. Did you see it differently sharing it with your child, processing it through through their eyes? Yeah, because, well, first I noticed I was desperate for him to like it. <laughs> so a scene would come on and I'd look at him to see if he got the joke or <laughs> or he thought that was cool. Uh, but I did notice that he was he would look at me like, that was cool. That whole, um, whichever scene, the airplane where he gets chopped up by the... Yeah. <laughs> he didn't like that part, but, you know, he did appreciate the spectacle. And, yeah. um, and, and he also is a people pleaser. So I think he might even amp it up a little for me. <laughs> oh, he it's knows. so great. <laughs> he, he knows mom wants to see him really enjoy mm-hmm. it. And like for birthdays and Christmas, I'm going to get a Raiders of the Lost Ark shirt. Or, yeah, he's a dream. So we have a bond, whether it's genuine or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, the desire is genuine the to connect, The right? desire is genuine, yeah. Do you, uh, this is something I get really curious about because I spend so much time talking about pop culture and I try to be really good about it, putting my youth in that was the experience I had you know and I love these specific Star Wars three and three quarter action figures because that's how I express my love that's the way I could stay in the world mm-hmm. Clip, I clipped random things out of TV Guide because like this is the only other acknowledgement of the existence of Twin Peaks so yeah. I will cut oh. out this dumb advertisement you're like, so cute you know yes. so I totally relate to like 
here's how we could express an obsession with pop culture at this age. Right. And I try to be really understanding about, well, it's different for kids and not be like, no, the kids with their iPads. Like, no, it's just it's <laughs> how they're growing up. So they're processing differently. Yeah. So do you observe how your son processes liking something differently oh, than, than we did? Yes. Well, first of all, they they get into it so deeply so quickly but it also doesn't shine as long yeah i mean it seems like it disappears pretty quickly it's not trendy anymore is literally something he said about things he loves <laughs> and then maybe we're in a store and we see an item of five nights at freddy's or whatever his yeah. thing was and it it sort of reawakens it but not as strongly you know it's like a the amplitude yeah. of the wave keeps diminishing um but as far as processing things that I enjoy, he does like that it's retro, which sort of eats at my soul. <laughs> um, but he is fascinated with that. And and he does compare it to things that he enjoys that he finds some kind of similarity. Okay. Which, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, that's his way of, like, I was relating to my mom's serials in the 40s and yeah yeah and of course there are so many raiders references all over the place ever since it came out and he loves finding that oh so yeah that's where he gets to feel like knowledgeable and like oh if they swap a a weighted object i know where that's from (laughs) yes and i think the simpsons did a raiders episode yeah and he was uh over the moon about that because he knew this is this part, and he was so familiar with the movie from Mom <laughs> that that was like he felt in on a like a secret joke, an inside joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Um, so, do you think Indiana Jones is a good archaeologist? <laughs> Ooh, um, I do think he's a good archaeologist, <laughs> but he's sort of. Um, uh, that guy I would never date. Yeah. You know? Um, but, you know, he wants to be there. He wants to be in on the action. I think he knows a lot, yeah. an awful lot. And so in that sense, I think he's a good archaeologist. Um, I've always been bothered by the fact that it's called Raiders of the Lost Ark when they're about, you know, preserving it and the antiquity of it. Yeah. That always kind of weirded me out, but... I think he's good. He's definitely fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most important thing for an archaeologist. Yeah, because archaeology be, can be really dry. Yeah. 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 Uh, so the Raiders, being annoyed by the Raiders title is interesting. Did you feel like the title itself was uh, criticizing your hero, Indiana Jones? Cause... Not till decades later. Okay. Where I was like, Raiders, Raider. Wait a minute, a Raider? I think the Oakland Raiders kind of <laughs> promoted that. I looked at those fans and I went, hang on, let me think about the word. Yeah. And then, of course, they changed it to Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, which really ticked me off. Yeah. They wanted it to be matchy-matchy. And I thought, uh, no, it, that bothered me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you feel? Do you feel like that Indiana is one of the titular Raiders? Or do you feel like by adding the Indiana Jones, not just a match, they're saying he is the hero who just has respect for it. I and guess. And then he's going up against all the people who want to raid it. Yes. But I, I think that was the original intent of the title. The Raiders of the Lost Ark were Belloc and the Nazis. And yeah. he was 
sort of the hero that was going to stop them. Like Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Right. He's not the, te- you know, he's always <laughs> up against the enemy. Right. So, I mean, I, I get it in retrospect, I, but I had a time where I was like, oh, I don't want him to be a raider. But honestly, he wasn't. He was fighting for the art to go to the right place. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be okay with that. <laughs> I'm very forgiving of my heroes, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so as a hero, uh, speaking about how it changes and your feelings about him, uh, you saw him as a father figure boyfriend when you were young. Yes. How do you see him now? Like, obviously, you have all of these years of association with him. Mm-hmm. But you also just mentioned, well, you'd never date him. So was I there a time it. where you put him in perspective and said, oh, I understand how, how and why I was attracted to him then. But now, yes. oh, no. I got to tell you, though, I I delayed that till probably <laughs> I was 50. I mean, it was my dream. I, when I was 13, I was going to marry him. Yeah. Harrison Ford and Indy, yeah. they were kind of interchangeable. Um, yeah, but I did because I'm too needy. He would be off in Marrakesh and I'd be like, hey, man, <laughs> you know, a text, yeah. an emoji, something. And I don't think he'd be... He needs a Marion. Okay. So, so you, you would get mad Marian. and you would uh, you would text him snake emojis just to upset him. And he'd be like, I'm done with her. <laughs> so before that happens, I'm going to reject him first, <laughs> as ladies can do. Do you think part of his general, uh, uh, the world's attachment to him, your different uh, levels of attraction to him, is it because he is vulnerable? Like literally, like he has a fear, he gets beat up, there's... There, very few macho moments where he is like, let mm-hmm. me bust in this room and kick everybody's ass. Mm-hmm. It's just that, hey, I want to go to point A or point B and there's someone in between or something awful in between. So I sigh and go through it. You are on point. I, he's fearless and um, he feels a little bit unstoppable. And, you know, he went from uh, I have the arc. Now it's on a plane. Now it's what truck? Like he, <laughs> he's persistent. He is super courageous, but also <laughs> he is sensitive. He can be a little bit whiny, yeah. you know, and, um, and he was in love. And so that to me is girls like the bad boy. I don't like the bad boy. Yeah. But what, how's he going to treat me? I don't like that. But I feel like Indy actually could be a really good love if I weren't so needy. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> you know he could be a good boyfriend but I'm not a good match. Okay. Damn okay. It. So if you picture Indy is he puts on the leather, gets out the whip and goes adventuring only when absolutely necessary. But like yes. 80% of the time he's in tweed and pouring over old books and coming up with his syllabus. Adorable. <laughs> I would have been that girl with the love you written in eyeliner on her lids, except I couldn't have written it that neatly because yeah. I have a lazy eye and one of them would have been real warped. It would have been like, love you. And he would have been like, I don't know what happened there. I don't know what's up with her. But yes, I would have been one of those girls. Just I love that. I love nerds. Clearly, all yeah. my friends and husbands are nerds. And um, <laughs> husbands. Oh, no. I just have the one. I just have the one. Um, yeah, but I, I love that. Yeah. They're smart and they're sensitive and they typically listen better. Yeah. Why do you think? I've never really thought about it because I've always thought it was just like this fun, interesting joke. But now now going back. So the, the love you moment. When it's not, he's not in his, my chest is exposed and sweating, like sex symbol mode. Yeah. He's in his, 
I'm lecturing you in tweed mode. Yeah. But the creators yeah. chose to put that idea in, in people's heads that even in this state, which a lot of times would be presented as nerdy and boring, mm-hmm. young women are in love with him. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I, I think they also were like, oh, he's cute, so the girls would like him. But <laughs> I think he comes across as sort of a kind person. Okay. And I feel like women are very attracted to kind, at least yeah. the ones that I enjoy hanging out with, the women. <laughs> there are definitely some that are not. Sorry, gentlemen. Um, I think it's the kindness and the gentleness. He's very gentle in that scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you think that that's where it's coming from. I think so. Do you, do you think it helped with your uh, attachment to him, that scene and that idea that he is lovable in this state? Yeah. As well as in his action-adventure state? Mm-hmm. That made him relatable. That made him someone that maybe he would like me, actually. You know, he's a professor. And yeah. Yeah, it makes him a human. If he's always with a fedora and a bullwhip, uh, you know, he's not going to look at me. <laughs> yeah. But when you can get him with the book and the chalk. But when he's got those elbows with the felt or the leather or whatever yeah. on the, yeah, that man I can talk to. <laughs> Elbow patch and Elbow. he will text me back. Yes. Hot. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so a couple of like specific moments in the film that I wanted to ask your opinion on. Please. Uh, the, the famous scene where uh, Indy shoots instead of fighting with the whip. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, there's the whole backstory of uh, it was planned to be a big choreographed thing yes. that he had, what? Uh, diarrhea. Diarrhea. <laughs> and it was like 100 plus degrees yeah. like every day. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but obviously a like, super effective, amazing joke. Yeah. Um, do you ever encounter moments where you're like, hey, instead of the elaborate whip, I could do the comically simple thing? You mean as far as in the film, do I think that was? I mean, in real life. Like to oh, me, I I, th- yes. I I think I've thought of that moment yes. many times in real life of just going like, all right, I'm about to do the insanely elaborate, long, arduous thing. Mm-hmm. Is there a just pull out the gun and shoot way Absolutely. that I could do this? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I was a longtime improviser. And once you are, you kind of always are. Yeah. And you, first of all, I'm an overcomplicator in my life. Okay. So I love when suddenly the complicated becomes simple. Yeah. I find that hilarious because God help me, I wish I could do it. But <laughs> in improv too, you know that that's something that's going to get the audience to laugh because it's a like a misdirect. Right. Ugh, complicated, boom. And I remember from the like hun- probably 80-something times I saw it in the theater when it was first released, that laugh was always deafening. Yeah. And it's very satisfying, I think, uh, because you expect, oh, this is the boss level fight. Yeah. And then it's taken from you, which is kind of a risky move, but... Uh, I loved it because of his face. I think his face delivered it. Like, right. Jesus. Yeah, his, his whole body language of like, let's just forget about this, right? Yes. We don't need to do this. Yes, my bowels are not down <laughs> with this. Yeah, so it's super, super funny moment, but I also think it really contributes to what I like about the character of like, uh-huh. I don't have an investment in combat. Mm-hmm. If I can do the simplest thing, if yeah. I could walk to the store and just like, put an order in for the Ark of Covenant and get it, you know, if Amazon would just fly it to me in a drone 
and I could stay in Tweed, I would be so happy about that. I don't want to be doing any of this. Yes. And it so contributes to that, which is, I think, why the audience probably didn't get mad and feel cheated. Yeah. Out of an amazing action scene. And it makes him, it fits with the fact that he's not arrogant. You know, it would be sort of arrogant to be like, all right, now I'm going to take on this obviously incredibly well-trained man and defeat him easily. Um, Yeah, I really enjoyed that, too. it, it, again, I think it makes it more relatable. Yeah. Because we can all go, oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I love you connecting it to the idea of improv that uh, Indiana Jones is saying, yes, you have a whip and mm. I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> yes. I also have this gun. Remember? I remember. And, I established it earlier. They did a lot of improvisation from what I understand. And it's some of it. Uh, they're my favorite scenes. I know Belloc and um, Marianne Ravenwood when they're drinking in that tent and she gets drunk and she's in the beautiful dress and she tries to escape. It's such a charming scene yeah. and it was largely improvised. And um, I think it's not the years, it's the mileage. Oh, wow. I feel like I read that one time decades ago that that also was, was improvised. And so to me, that's where good life comes from. And I, Lucas and Spielberg were really open to improv, so... Yeah. That was cool. Yeah, and I think they're rewarded for it as well as having the, you know, the good script. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Belloc, uh, yes. the line, we're not so different, you and I. How did you receive that when you were first seeing it? Was that mind-blowing? I loved it. It was mind-blowing, but it made me gasp, you know, like, that's right. Um, and I feel like a friend of mine says, you spot it, you got it. So if you think <laughs> uh, Belloc's such a jerk and irreverent and whatever he's working with the wrong people then there's something about that in you um and the fact that they were uh similar but sort of uh, you know you're the shadowy i'm the shadow and you're the light yeah it fits everything in life yin and yang and it like it really resonated with me yeah um but it also made me see yeah one little push, indie, you know, and you could go the wrong way. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. I and I, Belloc was so sophisticated and sexy and under control. So he was kind of like a Bond, almost like oh, a wow. hero that we would see him as a hero in another movie, right? So I, I kind of loved that. And you know, Indy's a mess. He's just a sweaty, <laughs> scruffy mess. Right, and Belloc is always dressed nicely and yes. arriving somewhere early. And yes, <laughs> he's and very damn punctual. those eyes. Yeah, nice shoes. Like hello. Yeah, yeah. That's really. I was really interested to ask about that because uh, I didn't get to see it when I was a kid. I yeah. think I think my parents got uh, wind of the face melting. Um, oh yeah, and there was like there that was not going to happen. So it was yeah. one of those kind of torturous things of like. Heard about it, heard about oh. Temple of Doom with like, they rip a guy's heart out. <laughs> like, what? Yes. Uh, and saw the action figures, and it was, yet it was Han Solo in a different role. And I was yep. so curious. And I, I, I must have been in my late teens by the time I finally saw it. So by the time I saw it, we're not so different, you and I, was almost like comically cliche. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, yeah, you know what? That's a, that's kind of a big difference in time. Yeah. 81 to, I don't know when you would have seen it. Yeah. 90 or Not something? In the 90s, yeah. That's actually a really long time. Yeah. All the 80s gone. That's interesting. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. In the time, it was like, <gasps> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. I'm just fascinated by that particular line because it's, it's such a great example of something that was like one of the first times that it hits big in pop culture 
it is super insightful and interesting. Yes. And like, ooh, let's play with moral ambiguity within this adventure serial pastiche. And what would it take for Indy to become a raider instead of a good guy? And I it's never like, thought it has that. depth and complexity yeah. but now it, it really reads like you know, did you rip that off from a simpsons joke because it, it yes it's so cliche you're now. so right i never thought about that but at the time of course also it was probably my age at 13 the fact that you are what you hate yeah with just a sliver of difference was like wow <laughs> i better be careful you know i better be nice to cindy or i could become her at school that's right, right? <laughs> that's right uh so uh how do you feel about uh, Marion's business plan where she uh, she makes these wagers that she can drink people under the table? Oh, my God. I loved her so, <laughs> so much. First of all, I mean, there were at least 14 shot glasses on either side of that table. Right. And that man was a big piece of beef. <laughs> I mean, and he had the red face of an alcoholic. So I was impressed. Um, yeah. But I loved it because she was just smart enough to know... They're going to underestimate me, and I'm going to go for it. Yeah. Which I actually think is a, a what smart females have done in the past. If yeah. you're going to underestimate me, I'm going to find a way where I can use that to my advantage. So I loved it. Um, I'm not sure how much money she made off of it, <laughs> but it was probably more than just running the bar. So. Right. This is a good good way to make uh, additional income. Yes. Did it affect your understanding of alcohol? It, like, did you when you uh, not to make any assumptions, but uh, I, I imagine you've had alcohol in your life. Uh, so much. <laughs> Today. <Okay. laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> did you, like, when you first started drinking, was yeah. there a moment where you're like, oh my God, that's, now that I drink, I understand that is a lot. Well, I, I think it got stronger over time, but even at 13, I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> If my dad or mom did that, mm-mm. you know, I remember okay. one time my brother uh, drank alcohol. He found, I don't know if he went to the liquor cabinet, whatever, but he hurt himself deeply <laughs> and he had a paper route and my mom had to do it because he was barfing on the front lawn. And so I definitely had a sense that a little bit goes a long way. Okay. And also to watch a huge man fall backward yeah. <laughs> without even realizing it. I knew like, mm, that's a lot of liquor. <laughs> I'm sure as I got into college and shots became a thing, you know, that's when I was like, she should be dead, you know. <laughs> Uh, so how do you feel about the critique that sometimes gets made about this movie that Indiana Jones ultimately doesn't affect the plot? That uh, the Nazis, Belloc, are eventually going to find the Ark, they're going to open it, and they're going to kill themselves. Oh, okay. Um, I th- think he does affect the plot in that because the Ark... Uh, was opened all those people disappeared literally yeah uh so the nazis will not get their hands on it and maybe figure out how it can be used and it winds up unfortunately being buried away forever but (laughs) it is out of the hands of the nazis so um i mean yes but i don't need my hero to change the world i would love for him to yeah but it's i've always found that really unrealistic you know and now everything is right with the world I kind of like that it's like, because he's kind of a grinder, you know? Yeah. And I kind of like that he's like, ugh, damn it. I did all that. They don't know what they're dealing with. Mm, let's go get a drink. Um, <laughs> it feels more like a kind of noir feeling. And yeah. I don't know. I like it. Yeah. I, I didn't require that of him. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that didn't make any 
did obviously did not bother you at the time no. that he doesn't have this super heroic proactive like I think you can go through the plot and argue like Absolutely. does his act do them stealing his work allow them to find it or would they have eventually found it without him that Maybe. it gets into the, the just the technical let's yeah. analyze the plot but in the bigger picture sort of the the idea of how we tell stories the idea that he for the big third act finale Mm-hmm. He's just present while they do a thing that they shouldn't do, that they would do whether he was there or not. It's not like he goads them or tricks them into their fate of opening it. That's mm-hmm. their choice, and he is just an yeah. observer to it. When it actually, a non-observer since he closes ex- his Yeah, eyes. he closes it. You're right. <laughs> uh, well, for me, in that narrative arc where we get to the climax and the hero either solves the problem or he doesn't, happy ending or sad ending, and I feel like he does. he chooses to not solve the problem because that archaeologist in him, that Belloc in him, was so strong that he chose that instead. Yeah. Uh, he could have blown that thing to smithereens, and that would have solved everybody's problems. Right. So to me, it's just sort of a um, sad ending, a sad hero ending. He didn't quite come through. Yeah. But again, I'm like, eh. Yeah. I don't blame you. I would have wanted to see something, too, Yeah, if that were my life's obsession. Yeah. Right? That's the thing he always wanted to go after, so. Yeah. So you feel like... I'm very for- forgiving. <laughs> that's, that's good. Um, so you feel like just his personal narrative arc, the high moment for him, the important moment for him is threatening to blow up the arc and then making the choice not to do it. Making the choice not to do it, even over the woman that he loved. Again, I'm not dating him. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, it, it makes me love him a bit more, too, because he was genuinely that invested in, yeah. in the archaeology part of it. I feel like that point of view is very retrospective. Yeah. I feel like that's decades and decades of... of f- nerd fandom you know nerdiness was not a thing and now we're looking back on everything and it's sort of hindsight is 2020 yeah because at the time it was a fluff summer adventure movie and we all like buckled in and loved it and i really feel like we didn't analyze films the way we do now no we do not yeah which is part of the reason that i'm really interested to talk to you about uh, about this so i'm always kind of like yeah i see what you're saying but i really liked it (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, and I think that's, uh, I'm fascinated with that in our culture. I feel like, yeah, it's great to discuss movies. It's great especially to discuss, like, well, what what do we as a culture think is good writing? What is good mm-hmm. story structure? Mm-hmm. But those, I think, kind of valid discussions quickly slip into sort of clickbaity plot hole. Let's show yeah. how, how they screwed up. Yeah. And it's so fascinating to me to go like, well, obviously it's not a flaw because millions of people loved it and it spoke to them sure so you 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 can have a subjective opinion if you watch it for the first time in 2019 mm-hmm. and say oh i don't like stories that are constructed like that yeah. i need the protagonist to blah 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 it's, but it, 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 i have a hard time saying it's a flaw because millions of people enjoyed it and it is I mean, a uh, classic beloved film we have character flaws so uh, i mean flaws are critical and I, I know what they mean like a, a story flaw but i find it a very insecure culture that has to focus on where can I find the mistake? And right. I really feel like we, woof. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars films, such heavy criticism. Oh, yes. You know, and I'm like, yeah, but don't we love it? <laughs> you know, I, to me, I, I'd much rather look at what I loved about that story than what I didn't love about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense to me. And I think just you are embracing it as 
something that a story that was being told as it was and, intended yeah. right and you're receiving it as a story not as a puzzle yes to make or break i mean spielberg and lucas were like i think they were in hawaii hanging out because <laughs> lucas was afraid it was star wars opening weekend and he was afraid it was going to bomb right so they hung out you know far away <laughs> and um you know i th- the story is that spielberg wanted talked about doing a spy movie and and Lucas had been thinking about this for a long time, this sort of Raiders idea. And, and they thought, oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. You know, they didn't say, oh, let's, you know, let's figure out this incredibly complicated and yet seamless adventure. Um, they wanted to entertain. And yeah. so were you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think it is important, that idea of they were recapturing their youth. And that spoke to Absol- your mom, yes. right? That's, and that spoke to other youth who didn't know that they... It was coming from a place of reclaiming your exactly. youth from, for and, Lucas, Spielberg, Kasdan, all of them. And the suspension of disbelief is uh, dying. <laughs> <laughs> I think we always need to have the suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You said another thing that made me really appreciate it even more of comparing it to noir. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raymond Chandler and, and Dashiell Hammett uh-huh. um, novels and in movies in particular where our protagonists are... They're kind of just tour guides for the world. Yeah. Like, sometimes they are really proactive and they affect an outcome. Other times they're just like, hey, I solved a crime that already happened and I have revealed to you what is wrong. <laughs> yes. What is the seedy underbelly of the city of Los Angeles? Yes. Uh, and now I'm going to go have a cocktail. And scene. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and to me, that's like, that's a valid form of narrative and that's a valid way to use your protagonist, to use them right. as a sort of tour guide and- of themes and a world. Yeah, and often they're sort of reluctant, like, all right, I'll get in this story. <laughs> Do you know? So yeah. that's another reason I guess I'm realizing now that I don't care that he doesn't save the world. He didn't really want to, you know, he doesn't want to encounter Belloc. He didn't yeah. want to deal with Nazis. What drew him was, ooh, the Ark. Yeah. Yeah. And treating it respectfully. And that's really powerful, Absolutely. I think. Especially always, but now, where you, you want heroes to just be like, yeah. hey, I, I have knowledge. Don't touch that button. Yeah. Here's what happens when you touch that yes. button. Yes. Could, <laughs> could we learn from history, everybody? <laughs> the whole movie is about yeah. guys just touching that button. And the heroes are going, I told yeah. you. Ah. Guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything in uh, the real world, like the arc, where you feel like the best move is to just not look at it? Oh. <laughs> the news um yeah i mean i do have that uh, about a lot of things i i feel like if if you have to go in with a critical meaning um not discriminating but tearing down sort of eye yeah meh, don't do it <laughs> right so like certain parts of the internet for you are like just like opening the arc, just close your eyes because it's, it's just like, it's just anger. Yeah, it's like the comment section. I keep getting sucked in. I tell myself, just don't bother. <laughs> and I get sucked in and I'm like, ah, that guy's a turd. But um, I, I have to learn like that's not worth looking at. Yeah. You know, if it's something I'm really excited about and then I read how everyone hates it, I think, well, why did I do that to myself? Right. I know I know better. I, I uh I'm really at an age now where I'm like, negative stuff. I just, ugh. So those things. However, because of our current political state, there's just so many things where I'm like, right. could we just, and I'm not saying ignore it. Like, don't right. look at what's happening. <clears throat> but unfortunately, my, I think the best thing I can do is model it. 
Yeah. Because I've yet to sway someone <laughs> with my words and actions. So, but what else? I, I can't really think offhand. Probably I'll interrupt you later and tell you. <laughs> I look Just to don't it. look at it. I think the comment section, particularly comment sections that you know, like uh, much like uh, we were talking about the, hey, history repeats itself. Like yes. last Tuesday repeats itself, right? Uh, when, you, when you know, like I know there are places where if I click on this particular tweet and see the responses, I know that I have a good chance of seeing a perspective that I didn't know, and maybe it's a back and forth and I'll learn something. Yes. And there are other places or tweets or Facebook posts that I know, like, right. you know, if you go there, you know exactly what you're going to see. Uh-huh. And then, like, an hour later, I'm like, why right. did I do that? Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about even things like, oh, a girl does something cute. And then they're like, <laughs> what a, you know, she doesn't deserve to live. And that's, Aww. it makes me lose my faith in people. So I, I'm just, no, yeah. don't look at it. Yeah. So yeah. you you spoke eloquently about revisiting Indiana Jones as just a, an awesome friend. That This is your favorite movie, right? This is the one that you're most obsessed with. But you, you just like seeing him again. Do you have hopes for, for the future? Well, I know they planned another movie although i thought i haven't kept up to date i thought it was supposed to come out this year or something I think originally bumped back a couple times but it's but, it's rolling forward um i'm excited about it i'm anticipating people hating it <laughs> <laughs> uh i'm very happy that uh, the last one was not um sort of giving the mantle to shia leboeuf i yeah. just love to say his name <laughs> but um because it didn't track. So I kind of love that we're going to see Indy again. He's going to be old. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to it. I, I want to see an old Indy. Yeah. You know, we mellow with age. What's How's Indy going to mellow? I'm yeah. not sure. And are we going to have Marion? Yeah, that's your big your big desire is, is more Marion? It is. I mean, in that last film, I don't... It was kind of weird... It was kind of like she was stoned, but <laughs> I still love her. Yeah. Um. I just, I don't know how much I want Mutt in it, their kid. Yeah. But um, I'm interested to see how that couple would grow old. Yeah. You know, but I still want her to be a badass with him. Yeah. And have fun arguments or something. <laughs> and if he, if he is, uh, I mean, mellowed makes sense. And Harrison Ford is a, a man of a certain age. He's not going to have as um, sort of uh, big action scenes, right? So, I don't. Yeah, I probably not. But I feel like it would be a lethal weapon kind of thing. Like yeah. I'm too old for this <laughs> thing. But he's reluctant, and he's going to do it anyway because that's what landed that's on his what lap. What he has to do. That's so great. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, w- one of my other fascinations with this whole series has been that it is it is Lucas and Spielberg uh, kind of going through the inspirations of their youth. Yeah. And when Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out and it was advancing into the 50s, I was kind of expecting aliens because that was the Me next thing. Me too. Right? Because that was the next big thing. In that it made people so mad. Adventure serial pulp world. It was like it makes perfect sense. Yes. So given that that one was 11 years ago as we talked. Oh, yeah. 2008. So if they track with time, oh. they're getting into... The what would that be? 60s, right? By Indy's yeah. timeline. Uh, but they, they can fudge with it. So it could be 50s. It could be 60s. Yeah. What sort of, what do you want the, do you I, want it to reflect something that was going on in the 50s or 60s? Or is that just like, that's not Indiana Jones. He should, he should still be going into a weird, you know, temple and having an adventure. Yeah. I mean, they do call him an expert on the occult in Raiders, but uh, I don't know what that would be in the 60s. But uh, I don't need it to be be like 
look how well we studied in history and matched it up and drew drove the whole plot line to that. Yeah. Because um, in my mind, you could just make up. I don't need it to be real. I didn't need it to be the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. You know, in the old series, I remember my mom showing me one where it was... They went to chase after someone's father who disappeared, just like Abner Ravenwood, and they wanted to get this witch doctor elixir that healed people, And but there were also these jewels, you know? And I'm like, yeah. that sounds fun. <laughs> I'm still fine with that. Right. So yeah. you, you would be fine if it was. It's no. set in like 1968 and people are offering India acid, and he's like, I've got some weird crystals in a jungle to go right? after. Not exactly. my thing. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I don't. Yeah. Just let me have fun. I don't need it to be so real. Yeah. <laughs> it was never meant to be that real. Okay. So here's a very realistic question. Yes. Who would win in a fight? The monkey from Raiders of the Lost Ark or Curious George? Oh, the monkey from Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark. That thing. I mean, he was still kind of dumb, I guess. Yeah. I, I know they had so much trouble. Those monkeys are notoriously difficult to work with. <laughs> I learned from friends when they had that. But um, they went through so much trouble to get it to do that Heil Hitler yeah. uh, move. And I guess I think eventually they just held grapes. So I was like, that monkey shut down production for days, <laughs> controlled them for food, and um, it's just a, an altogether unpleasant creature. When he's yeah. on top of that basket ratting out Marion, I was like, I just want to drop kick that thing. And I love animals. <laughs> to make me feel that is awful. But, yeah. Curious George would say, hi, you know, what's your name? And then that monkey would shred him. <laughs> and still George would probably be like, how are your feelings? Yeah. What are you feeling right now? I can empathize. I, like, I love Curious George. So right. he gets into mischief. Right. This one's a Nazi. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to our how obsessed are you questions. Oh. Uh, so there's there's no right or wrong answers. There's no judgment on okay. obsession level. Okay. Do you think about Raiders of the Lost Ark every day? Um, I used to think about it more than middle school boys think about sex. I wow. thought about it. Not, I was very obsessive. Yeah. Now, um, not so much because life just becomes more full. Yeah. But when it crosses my mind, I can't let it go for a, a long time. So now I'll be thinking about it for weeks probably because okay. we had this conversation. Cool. Is that a good thing? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good, good. It's good. It makes me happy. It's a happy story. So back off, critics. <laughs> uh, would you watch an adaptation of Raiders of the Lost Ark that was a live stage musical? Yes, 100%. Right, because you're in it for the fun. Yes. You like spending time with those characters and those scenes and those ideas, and it, it you're not a purist, right? I'm not a purist. I'll notice what you did differently, but I'll also notice the clever bits that you maybe made fun of. Or, yeah. And I will appreciate your creative effort. I'm like, if you're going to be creative, I'm down with that. I may not love it. Yeah. But I can still appreciate it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. If you got stuck in an elevator, uh, how long would it take for Raiders of the Lost Ark to come up in conversation? <laughs> not that long <laughs> because I get anxious if I'm in there with strangers yeah. it's probably going to come up pretty quickly I get anxious <laughs> and I, it's very comforting to me Raiders I know yeah. it so well it's like a best friend so I'll be like so you like Raiders but if they don't know anything about it it could be the worst thing I could have done but Yin, you could probably describe the whole film and I, really I could act it out 
and they would be like, oh, man, <laughs> like a person on an airplane talking to you when you don't want that. You're trapped with me for the two-hour film. Yeah. I would like to be trapped in an elevator with you. Ah! I mean, it seems lucky to get that command performance. We would, we would have fun. <laughs> I would give intermissions, you know. <laughs> Bathroom breaks. I'm not going to yeah. torture you. Yeah, pee in the corner. <laughs> um, so you talked about having merch when when you were younger. Um would you would you want merch now? Do you have merch now? Is merch still a way that you express your interest in things? I still have an ungodly number of posters. Okay. So my husband loves Jaws, so there is a Jaws poster. Also Spielberg, so lovely. Yeah. But then there are like four <laughs> Raiders. There's the 25th anniversary. There's several other Raiders posters because, you know, they changed it up yeah. a little bit. And then there's one a friend of mine commissioned an artist to do a Raiders poster, and it's stunning. Wow. And I got, you know, it's like not very many were made, and I got one of those. That's my pride and joy. Um, I still have an action figure. It's not in the greatest shape, you like, know. Like, is it from back in the day? From, yeah. Was it Temple of the Temple of Doom that they made the figures for, or was there? No, this one says Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, he's a, a little the worse for wear, but I'm not someone that, you know, I used to just be like, I'm not going to keep it in the box. Yeah. Um, this one is, though. But um, I have still a board game from Temple of Doom, which... Okay. I used to have a lunchbox, but my husband, when he was my boyfriend, accidentally sold at a garage sale, and we still got married. So I'm a forgiving soul. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah. Uh, a Temple of Doom board game. Yeah. Would, did, did, did you remove hearts in it? <laughs> No, it was very, uh, it wasn't that uh, imaginative. Okay. I think you were, I, I'm trying to remember, I think you were in like a mine cart and, you know, you just okay. roll your dice and move your purse. I don't even really remember. I don't think I played it. Yeah. I remember reading the instructions, but I don't think I played yeah. it. And I remember having a big gummy spider from the tarantulas and, you know, raiders. Oh, cool. And you didn't have big gummy things then. So that was kind of like, wow. The big gummy was exciting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but after about 10 years, I was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't keep this. <laughs> Would you, if they marketed a a bag of Raiders of the Lost Ark branded dates, <laughs> would, you, would you buy that? Oof. Um, I would, I might buy them. But I got to keep them away from my child. <laughs> Just in case. Bad dates. Just in case the bad dates joke goes too far. But I kind of love the idea, so yeah. I might. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, are the posters up in your home? Yes. Okay. Well, we just moved. So they are not actually on the wall yet because that's always the last thing. Yeah. But they are placed. Okay. It's going to go here and here and here. <laughs> you know where they're going. And they have prime locations. Okay. So. All right. That answers my merch question. Um would you go to a Raiders of the Lost Ark convention? Absolutely. Okay. I would. I, I mean, I'm at an age where I would have to seek that out. Like, I just heard that someone, they, these kids made a, when they used to be kids, made a shot-by-shot film of Raiders of oh, the Lost yeah. Ark, and I think they completed it 14 years later or something. Like, yeah. I would go see that, but I didn't know it existed. Okay. But if someone told me, yes, cool. 100% would go. Awesome. If you were going to renew your wedding vows with your husband, would you want the ceremony to have a Raiders of the Lost Ark theme in any way? You just gave me an idea. <laughs> I would. Yes, I would. It's hard to find a Marion outfit that's legit. Yeah. 
but I would go for it. Yeah. I can't wear that dress on the boat, though. Very disturbing. No underwear. We're yeah. pretty sure, right? I can't pull that <laughs> off anymore. But that's, her original. That's mm-hmm. understandable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I ask people that kind of thing about uh, marriage ceremony or renewing vows about pop culture, and there's a little bit of back and forth because the person I'm talking to is super into pop culture, but their their partner isn't. Um, but but that's not a thing with you, right? Your well, partner is. He would hate it. I think, but he is a, such a great guy that he would say, well, it's, she's going to love it, so I'll do it. Aww. Yeah, I mean, woo, I lucked out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and in a way, I would feel like, I know this is dumb, you know, <laughs> but I want to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a little bit of a moral question. Okay. Uh, let's see, uh, see if you're more Belloc or Indy. Uh, if the only way you could ever watch the movie again is stealing a copy from Walmart, would you do it? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I would I would do it and leave a note saying, sorry, this is a medical need. And um, also, I would remind myself that Walmart has... Done plenty of unethical things in their history. Yeah. <laughs> and then feel deeply guilty and sad every time I took it out of the sleeve. Oh, look at me. I'm talking like it's VHS. <laughs> took it out of the case and then uh, forget how guilty I felt once the film started. Okay. But yeah, I think I would do it. Isn't that terrible? No, it's, it's I think it's... I've got to be able to watch it again. You see, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the goal of these obsessed mm-hmm. questions to see how far people will go. And you are so emotionally in touch with yourself that you could process... <laughs> These stages of guilt. Yes. I wouldn't, oh, I wouldn't murder for it. Okay. Although it would be convenient if they were on their deathbed. <laughs> but I can't imagine not ever seeing it again. Yeah, that is just, okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. If aliens were visiting Earth and you got to greet them, you were the human selected to greet them, would you show them Raiders of the Lost Ark to explain our culture? Yes, I would. I mean, I, I would have to... Um, put it into context but i think it's a you know it's got all the archetypes that could explain even current culture right um i would just have to say uh, we dress differently and our enemies maybe look a little different yeah they say a lot of the same stuff you know I, yeah i totally it's got all the hero's journey in it so yes yeah yeah and mm-hmm. it is i think that yeah this great um example of how much culture how complex our culture is that's true. To be like, hey, oh, good. these people made this based on this th- stuff that they saw when they were kids. But now most people <laughs> I know. don't remember that. I know. And then this helped change our culture to be summer blockbusters. But now that now the blockbusters, are like, anyway, yeah. aliens. They're going to tire of me, but yeah. I could explain a lot through that film. <laughs> it's really entertaining to me thinking, think of you watching it with aliens. And going like, look, look at the fingers. Okay, pause. <laughs> Let me just set you up with this. You know, oh, they would so be annoyed. Uh this is the one that I ask everybody. If you were about to see Raiders of the Lost Ark on the big screen, but a bear was blocking your path to the theater, would you try to get around the bear? Yes. Because on the big screen, like in a cinema, I mean, like a, especially yeah. those old movie houses, absolutely. I mean, I, uh, I'm not saying it's intelligent. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a drive. Yeah, it's a passion. And uh, maybe I go get some raw beef. And I, I mean, we can be clever about this, Absolutely. right? I have, I arrived early. I would arrive early. Yeah. So I have some time <laughs> to figure it out. I would. Yeah. 
No joke. It's such a great Indiana Jones answer to be like, all right, I got to get past the bear. What bear? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, maybe I should bring a whip. Although I'm not handy. You're not handy. Have you ever in your love of the movie tried to play with a whip? I did, in fact. How'd that go? I hurt myself many times. (laughs) I somehow kept whipping myself. I couldn't quite get it to work right. Okay. Yeah. Did you go purchase one? Did someone gift you a whip because they knew you loved this movie? I a, a guy. I think he might have had a like nerdy crush on me. He was a very awkward person. He somehow had a bull whip after knowing that I liked Raiders. I don't know if it was his okay. or I don't want to know. It just showed up. Um, and then he thought, you know, it's one of those things where like, I'm going to teach you how to do this. Like, I'm going to teach you how to play pool and lean over you. Um I don't remember. I'm, I may have clocked him with it, too. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not a delicate, graceful creature as much as I want to be. I don't float. Okay. Yeah, and so I remember snapping it, and he, he kept taking it from me to show me how to do it, and I yeah. didn't like that either. Like, no, no I didn't get it. <laughs> I didn't get it. Well, uh, given that story, I hope I hope he, he was lightly whipped. I mean, that seems <laughs> seems like... If we dated, he would have been whipped anyway. <laughs> uh, I asked everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. What kind of noise? It can be something from the movie. It can be something that's just like, this is how you feel when you watch it. Oh, my gosh. A noise? Hmm. Um. <laughs> it, but not words. It, it can be whatever you want. If it's words, that's fine. I think it would be... Uh, you know what? There's always been something that the way Marion, I don't know if she's from Minnesota or what it is, but she says, see you tomorrow, Indiana Jones. <laughs> so I always think of Jones because everyone winds up Belloc Jones. So we got a French accent. We got a Midwestern. So that one or um, just her voice when she's saying the torches are going out. Um, and the yell when they close her. So it's just like, no! Um, because those have that emotional sentiment to me. Yeah, but I'm yeah. not good with noises. So for me, that was that was pretty good. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah, that was great and very insightful. <laughs> Never picked. <laughs> dumb, dumb, dumb. Also, the soundtrack, I'm, I used to own the album because that's okay. all we had back then of the soundtrack so i have a lot of emotional connection to that because that's the only way i could replay the movie right right and did you do did you play it in the background or did you just like sit down and go like i'm gonna relive the movie oh i would sit down and relive the movie because oh, so i didn't cool. have any other i didn't have vhs there was no other yeah. way mm-hmm. to relive oh man yeah it was fun that's really cool. people are missing out on that kind of thing <laughs> Uh, I do think things like you're talking about, uh, things have changed because we don't yeah. have as much time to saturate ourselves. So the next cool thing is is upon us. Yeah. And also they just watch clips of the movies. Yeah. Like my son will have seen this scene and that scene because they're all available, just little pieces. Yeah. And so, you know, and that's enough for them. It's very strange. Yeah. Like a short attention span thing. <laughs> yeah. At this point, it, that sounds like a level of meditation. To listen to the soundtrack of an album and picture it is sort of like. <laughs> yeah, you had to be really creative with your obsession. You yeah, know? yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I ask everyone to give uh, a rating to their own obsession. So on a scale of one to ten, one mm-hmm. being the lowest, ten being the highest, where mm-hmm. would you put yourself? Um, so I haven't kept watching it and doing all the fangirl things. 
I would have said that I was an absolute 10 in the past. Now I would still call myself uh, a nine because when it does come up, I am savage about it. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say I'm very obsessed. I just haven't um, been up in the culture because I'm not used to that. It didn't exist for most of my fandom. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm deep. Okay, yeah. No, I, I think, deep. yes, I mean, th- th- those were a lot of yeses on the house. I started your question <laughs> <laughs> very quickly. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm so fascinated with how we process fan culture because I have gone through like a journey yes. in my life with uh, with specific things like with Doctor Who where I spent a lot of my life being like, uh, no one no one can figure out how much I know about Doctor Who. And it's weird I, to get to a point of life like, someone's going to judge me at this Doctor Who convention if they find out I don't remember this character's name right now. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it is a, it's, it's part of that shaming culture I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes it's done on purpose. Sometimes it's done on accident. Sometimes it's just because this is how we process. It's a cultural habit, yeah. Yeah, cultural habit. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think you're, in my opinion, you're for sure a nine. Ah! And I think if you want in your soul to be a 10, I don't think you should let the, the fact that we so use cute. the fact that part of modern pop culture is to be like, um, let me really spend a bunch of time and really, you know, you know what? Broadcast it. You have reached me. I'm going to be a 10. I've always wanted to be a 10 rating in some manner. <laughs> uh, so since I'm a solid six, evidently. But yeah, ten, I'll take All it. Right. I'll All take right. it. Ten. Yeah. Uh, we have reached the plugging part of the podcast. Oh. Uh, can you tell people where you can be found on social media, imagining you want to be found? And if not, you can just say, hey, screw off. <laughs> I'm so bad at this because I'm, li- I'm like an ancient person. I'm like your grandmother with social media, but I'm Megan's, M-E-G-I-N-Z, on it's an Instagram. The pictures and Meg, one? The pictures one with the little camera and the colors. And then I think on Twitter, I'm Meg Sewell. M-E-G-S-O-U-L-E. Okay. Um, And, you know, I'll work on it, kids. I'm working on it. Because now I realize there are people out there who could respond and have a conversation with me that I never got to have when I was 13. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you you're on Twitter a little bit more than you have been. Is that yeah? Is that I'm accurate? finally waking up and saying, "Oh, I, I, there are other people in the world," <laughs> <laughs> uh, and maybe I do want to talk to some of them. Yeah. Initially, Twitter to me was like, "Ugh, yeah," um, and uh, I didn't really want to be involved. But now I'm seeing people where I'm like, "Oh, I like the way this person thinks," and they don't always agree with me, even. But yeah. I like the way their mind works. So. Yeah. Cool. All yeah. right. Well, uh, go find Megan. She is uh, great. And here are some <laughs> quick... Uh, <laughs> she's a 10. You heard it right here. Yeah. Uh, so here's some quick plugs for this, and then we'll do our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter, and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out this Star Wars podcast I co-host that is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums and stuff, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com, and you can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, final That supports my thought that you don't sleep. (laughs) So much. I do. I'd sleep, but not well. Oh, no. 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 I'm impressed. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's. These people are going to be tired. They have a lot to do. All right. We'll, we'll do our final questions here. These are just fun, weird things. If you could, would you clone yourself? Oh, hmm, no. Yeah. I mean, one of me is a lot to deal with, (laughs) honestly. It's a lot to deal with. So I think just me. 
Just you. Yeah. Just you. Uh, one, one is good. Fair enough. If someone made a statue of you to <laughs> honor you, what oh. would you want your pose to be? <laughs> oh, I think, wow. I think I might want to be in the splits. <laughs> Just so people know at one time I could do that. And I want my head thrown back and sort of a Mary Tyler Moore toss the hat up in the air. I think so. I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, the final question for everyone on the podcast is what is happiness? <gasps> oh, gosh, you went deep. I know. What is happiness? I think happiness is our natural state. Hmm. Um, and uh, we get confused early on (laughs) and we have to rediscover it and i think that's when you're at peace with yourself and everyone else yeah i think that naturally brings that feeling that we call joy yeah so boom uh i think we can all get there and that we're all here to learn how to find our way back to it yeah that's i think that's a really great answer nobody's ever answered just natural state that's really nice and i think it it, to me that really resonates with what we were talking about uh, about how we approach media and things we like yeah is i'm so concentrating on like hey it will be good for me if i get back to a place of wonder yeah and say here's a story that somebody's putting in front of me just receive it right well when i when i see babies i'm like well look at you (laughs) everything you look at is like amazing (laughs) i forgot trees are amazing right you're grabbing your foot isn't that cool you can do that? <laughs> and so uh, I feel like everybody had that at some point, you know, so right. it's just that it, it we have to erase a lot. Yeah. <laughs> or at least put it aside. Yeah. Well, I'm inspired. I'm going to go grab my foot and look at a tree. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy to grab your foot, especially trying to straighten that leg out. Oh, yeah. So. Well, that, that part's not happening. And do I the splits that. would yeah. be easier. But <laughs> I'll work on it. Thank yeah. you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you, Joseph. It was really fun to reawaken that. And I think you're a, a dream. I love your obsessions and your obsession with obsession. Well, thank you so much. That is our podcast. Bye. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Come back tomorrow, Indiana Jones.